0: hello welcome to this hour of blonde moments podcast (laughs) i'm your host gina vogie
1: and i am melinda collins and we're here for you and you're here for us (laughs) to not sound like weirdos we were just saying last
0: episode how we don't know how to start it out. So we're doing, We're going to try something new. Every week. Every
1: week. Per usual. Every fucking week. I mean, you guys aren't here for opening comments anyways, right?
0: Do you remember like when they used to do like reading, you know, like reading books on like PBS?
1: No. No? <laughs> okay, Grandma, I have no idea. We, let's all sit around the black and white television and have... <laughs> The guy read us a book.
0: Well, that's what I felt like it was. Good morning, boys and girls. We're going to read you a story. About- On TV, they did this? Yes. How old are you? Uh, are you a vampire? 29 plus some years. <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple. Just a couple. Maybe one. Mm, yes. Maybe 11. So in lieu of the fact that it was just halloween i've came across this article that the silence of the lamb's house is for sale in pennsylvania oh The Pennsylvania house made famous at the home of serial killer Buffalo Bill in 1991 horror film, Silence of the Lambs, is being listed for just under $300,000. Oh. It served as the pivotal location for the movie, and several of the film's iconic scenes were filmed in its rooms. Eileen Allen, who is teaming up with her sister Shannon to sell the home for Berkshire Hathaway, said the house is in a much cleaner condition than it was when it served as the serial killer's residence.
1: Wait, the current owner's name is berkshire hathaway no no
0: no berkshire hathaway is like a um it's like a realtor group that's kind of united states wide
1: it's like a chip kind of like remax or Uh something like that yeah it's
0: called berkshire hathaway blonde
1: moment (laughs) which you're listening to blonde moments podcast so it's fitting shut up we do what we want here stop judging me we do listening
0: what we want stop
1: stop judging i've had some champagne
0: We've had a, we're on our second bottle of champagne.
1: Ooh, no, okay.
0: Melinda was like rubbing her face on the.
1: It felt good. <laughs> it was kind. It was gentle. Uh, made me feel she, safe. <laughs> <laughs> she
0: said if the property doesn't sell by Halloween, she is considering bringing in a psychic medium to the Home for a live stream.
1: There's a missed opportunity there. If I
0: lived in Pennsylvania near this area, I would buy it.
1: And just keep re- Doing the scenes over and over again?
0: Maybe. I'd fuck me so hard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny because like I covered Ed Gein, you know, and Ed Gein was one of the inspirations for Buffalo Bill Mm -hmm. and Silence of the Lambs. And so I keep hoping my son grows up to be Ed Gein. Oh, my God. No, you do not. So he loves me only because all women are evil, and he makes a belt of my nipples. I mean, that's how you really know when your son cares about you, right?
0: Yeah, that's Um, it.
1: Okay, I thought I was alone on that. That's the
0: testament.
1: It is. He can board me up into the house once I die. No, I cannot. No. This Mm -mm. is my fantasy. No. I'm just kidding. That shit's fucked up. It's so fucked you up. You know what's even crazy to think about? There's probably relatives that live close to us here of Ed Gein. I was like, of who? <laughs> I think you've had too much to drink too. If I'm not making sense, you're not making sense too. <laughs> Are we making any sense?
0: Are we? Or has the champagne officially taken over? Welcome to PBS Storytime with Melinda and Gina. Well, my favorite scene in Silence of the Lambs is when he tucks his penis in between his legs and he's like, that song. And he's like, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me so
1: hard. Y'all are missing out on what I'm getting to witness.
0: (laughs) So I was in a restaurant one day and that song started playing. You know, the song that's playing while... I can't hear it in my head, no.
1: Having a little dance sesh.
0: Would you fuck me? <laughs> Who is this? Uh, Q Lazarus, mm. I think. Yeah, Q Lazarus. So, anyways, I was in a restaurant with my husband. I was like, "Isn't this the song from Silence of the Lambs?" And he's like,
1: "Only you, honey."
0: Well, no, he recognized it too, and he was like, "Yeah, it is." And so we looked it up as well too, and it's like their only really big hit. Okay. You know, can you imagine like your band? That's the only thing you're really known for. Your number one hit is from the scene of the guy tucking his dick in his <laughs> legs and dancing with woman skin on. <laughs> I've reached the peak of my career. <laughs> but it's like an, you once you heard it, you're like, oh, yeah, you can't that's ever. the song. Yeah. You can't ever forget it. I wonder yeah. if that's why the rest of their music career never took off. Because they're like, hey, aren't you guys the guy from uh, the band from Silence of the Lambs? That was their
1: peak, man. They don't have to do anything ever again. Mic drop. You're in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, this is true. (laughs) That's why I was just, I made stew the other day with Chianti. Did you? And Maddie goes, with a little bit of Chianti. Did you have fava beans? No. No. I didn't. Sorry. (sighs) Well, that's good to know. So you're going to go buy it. (laughs)
0: If I lived in Pennsylvania, I totally would.
1: Well, it could be your vacation home. Yeah,
0: it could. I could rent it out as an Airbnb and then go there in the summers
1: to people who like that movie.
0: Yeah, or to people who just like horror films. Right.
1: There's probably there's
0: a a market out there for it. Market. Thank you. I could have pictures on the wall with you know girls making faces with a Uh (laughs) what what was that fetish called? A dago or whatever, a geha,
1: and you can just leave bottles of lotion everywhere in
0: baskets. And then
1: (laughs) you can it puts
0: the lotion in the basket.
1: Then you can put locks and bolts on all the windows and doors after you see people using the lotion.
0: I wonder if that basement where they had the well is actually part of the house, or if that was filmed somewhere else. True, because I bet that would be fucking cool.
1: That would make that house like epic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of micro penises.
0: talking about a micro
1: penis one of our listeners lexi sent this in she said thought you would appreciate this micro penis convo from an anonymous facebook group so far no comments so it says wives anonymous is the name of this facebook group oh anonymous post Number 12204, sexual compatibility topic. Now this is, I want to have a discussion with you on this here. This wife wrote, my hubs and I are both in our early thirties with a toddler and have been married for six years together for nine. We have a lot in common, life goals, humor, family values, etc. And he's an amazing provider. I am physically attracted to him, but we are not sexually compatible. The issue at hand is this. He has a micro penis, and I'm also not into inserting oh. toys, topical toys, but not insertion. I have been vocal about my issues with him, but we're limited. Things are so bad sexually that I've pondered, is it worth divorcing? Have you ladies dealt with this any advice? Now for me personally, oh. I don't understand how you are with somebody for nine years and didn't know they had a micropenis to begin with, and now it's a problem, but you were able to have sex and create a child out of this. So she sounds like more of the problem to me than he is. Mm, I beg to differ.
0: I think that she probably genuinely cares about him, and it's something that she truly tried to
1: overlook. Yeah, but when you're dating somebody, it's to find out if you're truly compatible. It's not. Maybe just-
0: this was her first dick. Okay, but then she didn't know. Maybe she did not know that that there are penises out there that are bigger than what she had been experiencing. And then she found out and she was like, oh, no. Maybe she tried to make it work as much as she could, but eventually it just became too much of an issue. That's what I'm more thinking is the scenario. And
1: you're being kind because I think this girl is just a bitch. (laughs) Because did she send the story in? No, oh. not that not that Lexi didn't send this in. She saw this on a Facebook oh, page. Okay. Thanks for listening to me before. I really appreciate that. You were. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think like it's now it's now a problem. I don't understand how it wasn't a problem before. Here's my scenario.
0: Number two. She cheated on him. With a bigger dick, and then it
1: became a problem. See, I think she's looking for people in this group to be like, oh, girl, if he's not satisfying you, go find someone who will. Oh, he has a micropenis. It's his fault. You find somebody, and it's like, dude, hes we've all been there, right? Like, you date and find out if this person's compatible. If That's a deal breaker for you. Yeah, that's
0: why you have sex before marriage, because you don't want to get married to a little penis. I don't like this person. Uh, she makes me very mad, and um, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I think that something happened that changed. I like again, maybe she had sex with someone who had a larger penis, and was like, "Ooh, I can't do this anymore." So I really you're just need full more. out calling
1: her a cheater. I mean, maybe. Okay.
0: Or maybe she just fell out of love with him, and the love that she had for him was keeping her around that little thing. <laughs> And then once the love went, she was like, I can't do this anymore, literally. Keeping
1: her around that little thing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Gina.
0: I'm just saying.
1: I just, I feel bad for this guy because it's like you're saying all these other things are important and you guys are the same on every single page except for he the fact that he's a micropenis. Well, I personally feel like if you were able to create a human with him obviously you've had sex with him figure out a way to make it work with him and like if this is the other thing that's weird to me she doesn't like insertion toys but she's mad this guy doesn't have a huge dick so isn't that
0: weird there's a there's a couple things that don't match up here maybe she's
1: just writing the post for attention I think so, honestly. I think she's looking for people to be like, you know what? You should go out there and find you somebody who can take care of business. Like an excuse. Like, well, they told me to do it.
0: I mean, we all know of my encounter in my very early 20s of the man with a micro penis. It wasn't for me.
1: Exactly
0: my point. I did not have sex with him again after that fateful night. Of the turtle head, you know, because it wasn't my personal preference. I need a little bit more. I would have not married him and had kids with him and then been like, oh, I can't do this anymore.
1: Exactly. This is my thing I have to say. Women, men, when you're dating – just because you like the person, you're attracted to the person, doesn't mean you have to eventually marry this person. Just no. because you're dating, you're dating for a reason to find out if this is the person you want to spend your life with. And if you don't like the size of their dick, that's you, you that know. is probably a deal. I mean, breaker. same
0: for guys. Like maybe she has a weird vagina, maybe or she's something. too loose, right? yeah. And you like, don't like her vagina,
1: you don't marry her, right? It's not for you, and it's okay. Yeah, that's okay. That's why you date. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. It's like an elimination process. Exactly. So just because you're dating somebody for a year, 10 years, 20, whatever. I've dated some people I'd like to forget. (laughs) (laughs) Where do we begin? Can we have a whole like just hour where I just complain? I mean, yeah, we could. People I regret
0: dating and why, starring Melinda and Gina. And any listener who wants to send in their story.
1: See, years (laughs) Two thousand through two thousand thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let the high school boyfriends get away for now. Yeah. You get y'all get a pass. I agree because high school is different. You're you're figuring things out. Yeah, most, I'd say probably, there's probably a high percentage, 99% of people probably don't stay with the person they're with in high school. I do know exceptions. My mom and my sister married their high school sweethearts. Uh, I fell off the tree somewhere. Yeah, that's true. Your mom and your sister did
0: both marry their high school sweethearts. That's crazy.
1: Well, then Lexi obliged me with some of the comments that people were sending in. One person wrote, the struggle is he can't really do anything about his size, so I'm not sure what you want. I'm a super sexual person, so I understand how important sex is, can be to a relationship, but I don't think I could divorce someone based on the size of their penis, especially when things are so great in every other area. Have you guys gone to a sex therapist? Maybe they have some suggestions how to help. And remember, I was talking about that that, um, sex therapist woman. She had the pillow. I found her Instagram page. I just listen to her all night long. The sex p- therapist's name uh, on Instagram is Stella underscore with underscore love. you know how much I love underscores you
0: hate but them.
1: um you can just listen to her talk and she's just so in order to go uh, along the underside of the penis it looks like that. <laughs> All the way up to the glans. Stella, tell me All a the story. way up to the glans. All the way to the glans. And I'm like, baby girl, I want to be your prop. <laughs> oh my There's God. something wrong with me for sure. Okay, so I agree. I agree. Sex Therapy could be something for the both of them. Ah, be- I'm going to disagree here because if the dick isn't big
0: enough for you, there's no yeah, sex therapy saying- in the world that's going to help. saying she
1: doesn't like insertion shit. Yeah, she wants a real dick, but she wants a big dick. She doesn't want a dildo. All these other people are on my side, so fuck you and this <laughs> dumb bitch. Because... I just. Feel I don't. For the so family. here's like,
0: my standpoint, though. I don't care for dildos either, but I like uh, uh, the size of my man.
1: Yeah, but if you're willing to throw away your relationship that you have, the father of your child, your goals, dreams, aspirations, everything's the same. Shouldn't you be able to talk to him and tell him what your concerns are, and maybe the two of you decide like what the unsolution solution is yes i do agree We've but talked about this, this is far why you long. don't
0: marry a man that doesn't have your wants and needs sexually met before you're ever even married
1: i'm with you on that one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well see we agree on that there yeah this girl's a bitch <laughs> <laughs> I just feel so bad for this poor guy. Like, he was like, I have a micro penis. Yay! I found somebody who loved me forever. And nope. Not so Bitch much. Bitch is writing about you on Facebook. Well, I am going
0: to change the topic here before Melinda gets too fired up. <laughs> too late. I keep getting all these like random odd jobs. And so here's another one. Okay. Top Ramen is offering $10,000. For a chief noodle officer. How much? 10 grand, but... It's only for one time. Okay. The makers of Top Ramen announced they are seeking a chief noodle officer to get paid 10 grand to help develop and test a new ramen noodle soup recipe. Top Ramen manufacturer Neeson announced it's seeking a chief noodle officer with a passion for noodles to help test out new Top Ramen recipes for the company. Interested candidates are being instructed to post photos and recipes of their own Top Ramen creations to social media, and the winner will be selected by celebrity judge Melissa King, a recent winner of Top Chef All Stars LA.
1: Fuck Melissa King. (laughs) Just (laughs) kidding. Just kidding.
0: (laughs) The winner will receive 10 grand, the chance for a one on one mentorship with Nissan CEO Mike Price and a 50 year supply of various top ramen products.
1: Okay, I have a confession to make. Okay. I don't think I've ever had top ramen. Now what wait, before you jump on me, is (laughs) I think of like ramen and like those. 30 cent orange packs from yeah i'm pretty sure that's what it is or either that or top
0: ramen is like the the
1: cup ones you know what okay but so for me like i've never had the cup one but then i see these people posting like top ramen it almost looks like they're in restaurants so i didn't know if this was a restaurant chain or what yeah it's the same thing it's in the packets okay that makes me feel better i oh the chicken ones when i was pregnant i craved top ramen for like 3 weeks that's all i wanted to eat. Now there's maruchan ramen noodle soup and then
0: there's the nissan top ramen. Nope. And i think the nissan top ramen is like the original.
1: Okay, the maruchan is the one that i indulged in. Now my
0: palate has since grown as adult i prefer like the gourmet ramen.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's what i'm saying. I've never had gourmet ramen.
0: Yeah, i prefer the gourmet ramen ones like red light mm-hmm. ramen here in milwaukee.
1: Woo! It'll, I've never had any of that. It'll knock your socks why, off. Why have you not taken me to such places? I don't know. You don't want to sh- be around me in public? I will take, I promise, <laughs> I will take you to Red Light Ramen. You just keep me in the basement putting lotion on myself. So
0: do you know where Ardent is in Milwaukee? No. I don't go out at all anymore. I'm the lamest. Okay, well, one of Milwaukee's greatest chefs, Justin Carlisle, who is a many times James Beard nominated chef. Fuck owns, James
1: Beard. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> who owns Ardent also owns red light ramen, which is right across from it. And they're like the artisan ramen bowls. Oh my God,
1: they're so freaking good. This is what I was saying by Top Ramen. I've never had ramen other than like a oh, 30 cent. You aren't you microwave. are not living your life. I do make really good Maruchin ramen though because the secret Chicago is has a- you put less water in. That is, that is the secret.
0: Chicago has some really freaking awesome ramen places too. You
1: never take me anywhere nice.
0: When we went to that Bulls game in Chicago Chris and I went to the ramen place beforehand.
1: Yeah, I see. You, you take yeah. Chris nice places.
0: Oh, yeah. You I'm going to take y'all. I'm going to take her to Red Light Ramen, fancy ramen please.
1: <laughs> I'm over it. Unbreak my heart. <laughs> oh, no. Don't sing Titanic shit again, too. Please. That's my Titanic. That's I know. Tony that's Tony Braxton. Braxton. Yeah. <laughs> Say you'll take me to ramen. Yeah. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> not even. We've been drinking too much.
0: Can you guys tell in the episodes that we've like, we're on our second yes. bottle and we're kind of drunk? My f- my like 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 right friends
1: now? can tell for sure, because I've had a few of them be like, whew, you were pretty drunk in that last episode. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, how could you tell? I
0: couldn't tell at all. Maybe because you're like, fuck everybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't even remember which one it was now. I've tried to erase it from my memory, but there was one episode where I was like, whew, Melinda. <laughs> whew. You know what? At least you guys know we're having fun. Yeah. We love
0: our listeners, but I think we'd even do this if we had like 10 listeners. Just our dog. <laughs> Just our dog listening. That's it. Because we honestly have fun doing it. So the fact that we have people that these great listeners we have that love listening to us, we're, we're very thankful because we're a hot mess. Mm-hmm.
1: So speaking of <laughs> tattooed genitalia... <laughs>
0: love how in this episode melinda's like so speaking of shit we were just not talking about
1: i think i'm so funny a man who describes himself as a quote-unquote beautiful monster says he has covered 95 percent of his body in tattoos now i don't think we've talked about this guy before victor hugo peralto rodriguez
0: I don't know. We've talked about several overtly tattooed pe- the reason, people.
1: The reason I don't think so is because of the extent of his tattooing. His now, dick? if we have repeated this again or previously, it's blonde moment. So, fuck you two! <laughs>
0: oh,
1: My God!
0: <laughs> Someone take this girl's champagne away. I'm
1: just kidding. But so he has tattooed his tongue, his eyeballs, and the tip of his dick.
0: What did he get on his dick? <laughs> that's all you care about it it is what do you get on his dick let me see it okay but hold on I don't know if there's a
1: picture at the tip of his dick but let me just read it's like
0: a popular thing to get a hundred dollar bill tattooed on a guy's dick too so they can watch their money grow
1: (laughs) oh my god if some guy came at me with that I'd be like fuck you (laughs) Oh, I'm just kidding. I mean, I'd really probably say that, but... Okay, so he had subdermal implants, tongue splits, scarifications, microdermal piercings, metal teeth, ear incisions, and a lobe expansion.
0: Imagine metal teeth and you grind your teeth in your sleep. Ugh. The noise I think, that would make. I, when you
1: said that, I could, like, feel that in my teeth. Yeah. Ugh. Um, his whole face is tattooed. It looks like his eyes are tattooed. It, it's a lot. The most painful tattoo of all, they said remarkably, his todger tats. So what is that? <laughs> what is that? I don't a know. todger tat? He said the most painful tattoos he got was on the head of his penis, his face, and his ears, but they don't compare with the pain of the pigmentation of his tongue. Wait, what's a todger tat? I don't know. You're supposed to look it up for me. So fuck you. <laughs> it <laughs> Um okay oh I'm God. done with that joke maybe but yeah there's no pictures of his, his What's it called a todger what TODGERTAT todger tat but so there's no um picture of his of his his dingling for your viewing pleasure my dear todger definition a penis Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> it is says this the guy right here? Uh-uh.
0: No? That's was another that? guy. Um, another but it says guy. Britain,
1: Australia, Canada, New Zealand, a penis. So Urban Dictionary says a todger is a British penis. Nice todger. Let me suck your todger. Oh, yeah. You little todger. You like that peeny weeny todger? I want to put your todger in my mouth. They also said it could be someone who acts like a dick oh mike is such a todger you fucking todger i'm just reading urban dictionary okay that's Bas- my english accent who's sexy okay mm-hmm. <laughs> and another one says todger a big fat hairy cock or a shish kebab a big fat hairy cock <laughs> or a shish kebab we're cut off well anyways this
0: guy is frightening looking i do love tattoos i have many but i don't think my face or my pussy i'd ever get tattooed <laughs> that's for sure
1: What's the joke? You, you go up to someone and you say, hey, do you want to see this uh, tattoo of a of a mouse I have? And you kind of show them like, like your crotch area, like you're going to start pulling down your pants down and you go, oops, pussy ate it. <laughs> <laughs> Just now, Gina looked very disappointed in me. Oh, that's that's quite the joke. It's not my joke. I'm going to use it. You
0: should. well i have a fun story i thought that you would be very interested in okay since you love christmas i sure do you love putting up your christmas decorations entirely too early that's your own opinion (laughs) fuck your opinion fuck you (laughs) (laughs) rudolph the red-nosed reindeer santa puppets are going up for auction Uh uh-oh So I can buy them and scare you with them? No, these are the small ones from the actual movie. Oh. Rudolph and Santa puppets. I thought that was clay. No, they're puppets. You're thinking Frosty the Snowman. That was creation. I sure am. Rudolph and Santa puppets from the holiday classic Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer will go up for auction in November. Auction House Profiles. What is this voice you're using? (laughs) The magic about collecting memorabilia is that when your eyes focus upon the object, you are taken back to a time during your youth when your senses were overwhelmed with amazement, wonder, and joy as you were watching a favorite movie or television program. Wow. (laughs) So the puppets used in the filming of the 1964 Christmas stop motion animated television special will be up for auction on Friday, November 13th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you really want a classic piece of Christmas memorabilia, you got to hop on this, Mel.
1: No, that's not my jam. That's, That's too much before me. Like I'd rather have like. Something from Home Alone. What? These are the classics. I've never seen it. Despite being over
0: 55 years old, Rudolph's nose still shines bright because of maintenance done over the years. Well, then you should buy it. Maybe I'll buy it for you. I don't want it. (gasps) I don't believe you're a Christmas lover anymore. Because I haven't
1: watched this shitty ass Rudolph (laughs) movie.
0: (laughs) Well, anyone out there who is interested in having this little piece of classic... Christmas it is memorabilia. Pretty, it is pretty
1: cool that you can own something like that. Did you say how much it's starting at? No, they didn't say that. Because mm-hmm, they're going to rape you. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry it did. The primary
0: character puppets are expected to start at 150 grand to 250 grand at the
1: auction. No, that's a waste of money. So I take that back. I won't get. Yeah, ex- I mean, yes, Gina. I will not. You're going to buy get- that
0: for me? Thank you. I will not be getting that for you. Yes, you
1: are. You s- we have proof, and I said I wanted it. You guys heard it. I said I wanted. No, no, it. Wa- no. She said she didn't. Said want it. I said I wanted. I want to give it to me. I want it. <laughs> no, 150 thousand dollars for that. I. I mean, put that in a museum or something. I mean. I don't get a lot of that shit. So. Or you can have it for your
0: own personal home viewing pleasure.
1: I did just spend a shit ton of money at Kirkland's again on more Christmas stuff. I, You would never believe that, would you? Yeah, no. Never in a million Cause years. Because my shit's going up. I snow.
0: own more Halloween decorations than anything. And I'm Christmas. So I, you are
1: Satan and I am
0: an angel. Yep. I'm fine with that. I got my horns coming out right now. You got your
1: horns implanted in your forehead? I will. Body mods. You got your dick tattooed too? Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> All right. So today's my, episode- No, not my dick. My, what they call it? Todger. Todger. <laughs> I'm a Todger player tattooed. Mm. T- 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 mm. Okay. So today is our true crime episode and we have- touched base before on Chris Watts a little bit. Did you end up watching oh, I did because you asked me to watch it. And so I watched it and
0: it was absolutely horrible.
1: Horrifying. Horrible. I cried. I cried as well. So soon into the first like five minutes, like looking at the video of those little sweet angels.
0: Yeah. And how she's like, my daddy's my hero. You know, when I really lost it, and I'm sorry to spoil this for anyone if you haven't seen it yet, was I didn't know until I watched this, that he had killed Shanann and wrapped her in a sheet and put her in the back of the truck, and then drove to the oil field with his daughters in the back seat, both alive. Yeah,
1: and their like feet were on top of
0: her. Yes, and they were asking him what was wrong with mommy. And then he threw his first daughter in the oil tank, and then before he threw his second daughter in. She said, Daddy, no. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, I lost it because all I could see was like my kids' faces at that age. They're they're so sweet. They're so innocent. They, they didn't do anything wrong. And I was like, what a fucking monster. Yeah. Like how? How? How at that point in time do you not fucking dive in that tank and retrieve your daughter and give her
1: CPR and like snap the fuck out of it? Well, even during the documentary... It had said that at one point he had basically tried to suffocate both of them and they came back alive. Yes.
0: So he had the opportunity. He had the opportunity to be like, oh my God, they're still alive. I don't need to do this. Mm-hmm. And instead, he drove them out to an oil tank. And
1: I, that's what the thing I don't understand. It's like, okay, so you're starting this new life. You cheated on your wife, who's pregnant, which is yeah. fucked up to me because just thinking of be like being pregnant, all the shit that's going through you and how you feel, and then you know he's gets into this really good shape and becomes this arrogant fucking asshole i did just see to his girlfriend at the time she just had to legally change her name too i'm sure she's probably getting harassed yeah and i mean she seemed like a victim in all this as well yeah I think. she didn't know what was going on because he had basically said that he had the two daughters and made it seem like he was divorcing Shanann. Well, and she did nothing but be helpful to the police like she didn't
0: do anything wrong. yeah she
1: went in all on her own too yeah didn't she but so through all of this I just like this is somebody to me who must have had some undocumented mental health issues something yeah. because how do you I don't care how much in shape you get and you want to find somebody new whatever the hell it is that you are capable of murdering your wife your and unborn your, child yeah. and then your two, your two living daughters. breathing children that you had sleepless nights with that you changed their diapers you taught yeah. them how to walk it disturbed me on such a level. I wish I could just go see him and put my fingers in his eyeballs until he dies. Like, it just, I hate it this For man.
0: me, it's just one of those things that let you, lets you know that evil truly does exist
1: and and you see like these pictures that she had posted six months before this happened like obviously it seemed like they were having some they were having a lot of marital issues and
0: they did show like all of the text messages between the two of them they but also, she never
1: once felt unsafe enough to leave her children alone with him no or to come home to him that's what's really scary to me yeah it didn't seem like she had any inkling at all that this man was capable of, of something this her. horrific yeah And her children. Well,
0: and they did kind of. I think they try to like portray a backstory as to why he possibly did this. It seems like Shanann was the one that wore the pants, you know, and she started making money and Mm -hmm. whatever. Like, and she was kind of a little bossy and sometimes derogative at points to Chris Watts. But that none of that gives you an excuse. Okay, so you get in shape, you get a bunch of confidence, you find somebody else, then you just get divorced like a normal fucking human being. Yeah. I don't even know how he felt he was going to get away with it.
1: I don't understand either. And like watching the tapes, which is amazing to me that you're even able to see that when the police get to the house. and Their body cam footage. Yes, exactly. Thank you. And he's like, oh, her ring's here. Her phone's here. You know, it's like, what... What was your plan? You didn't expect Shannon to right. have as amazing of a best friend as she had, because I mean that woman truly is the hero in all of this. That she recognized some signs and some things that something right. was wrong. Yeah, I mean, thank the Lord for that girl. But I like, think
0: that Chris Watts was expecting it would take longer for people yes, to notice that they were missing.
1: I think so too.
0: Also, when they went to the neighbor's house who had like nest cams outside, mm-hmm. that's when you really saw Chris Watts getting fucking nervous. He yeah. was like putting his hands on top of his head, and he was like Uh uh-oh, like what are they going to see on this camera that I'm not aware
1: of? Mm -hmm. And then that neighbor was like – Something's off. he's not acting right. I I was like, whoa, like, you know, these are people day in, day out that see you, that know you, and you're going to have this whole facade in front of the police. And the other thing that bothered me too, truly, was when Chris's father – came into Into the interrogation interrogation room room, and all of a sudden he's like oh that female detective or whoever the one who performed the lie detector test on him and she kind of basically said like oh did you see her doing something to your girls and that's why you got mad and did something like trying to get something out of him she was trying to paint like some kind of picture Mm -hmm. in his head something to like
0: help him find a way to confess to even say it exactly right without coming out and being like i did it she was trying to give him like a scapegoat Mm -hmm. but still to get him to confess
1: and then when his dad gets in there then oh this is the story that I want to go with yeah. yeah you know what dad she did do something to those girls and it's like ah oh, you're saying this to your father I just oh I hate this human I hate him so yeah. much it's
0: truly evil there's there's no, no other way around it it's just it's 100% truly evil it was a very hard documentary to watch it I really agree. was I got very emotional, mm-hmm. especially when it came to the daughters. Well, and Shanann, of course, as well, too. But, man, those kids are so innocent. And they
1: had they had done nothing. Nothing. You know, and yeah. I mean, I agree, too. Like, Shanann hadn't done Shanann nothing. Shanann didn't do anything either. To deserve yeah. death that brutally, that horribly, that just – it's so messed up to me. He's a horrible person. He's a horrible, evil human being. So the other day I was looking and to see where he is – in prison mm-hmm. he's in Wapan. which is not far from us it's within an hour we could go and
0: you could gouge his eyes, eyes out
1: i would i don't know i feel like you, you know a lot of times people who are like this who have done things to little children and like he didn't obviously rape his children but a lot of times you hear of these people who have done things to children they're the first people to get beat up and whatever in, in prison. prison and yeah that's that's not enough for me with this guy like I truly I hate this person yeah he's awful well, if you haven't watched
0: it, I mean, even though it is awful, it is definitely a, a an interesting watch on Netflix. What's it called? An American
1: American murder, the murder. family next door. But so then all these articles are coming out where he's saying that, Oh, it's really getting to him now that you know you know it's this documentary out and it was like Too late. Too bad. Dude. Yeah.
0: Too bad. Too little, too fucking late. Like nobody feels any pity for you, sir.
1: And it's it was premeditated, right? Absolutely. I mean like I Ugh, whatever so i have a hard time with this one and there's a book out right now from this woman who did like these interviews and stuff with him it's letters from christopher the tragic confessions of the watts family murders it supposedly goes into a lot more in depth if you're interested kind of his perspective but i don't care about any more of i his don't give a fuck about
0: his perspective he's a piece of shit i don't think he deserves any more attention from this horrific crime Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's all he's doing right now at this juncture since this documentary came out is he's just trying to get more attention because he's obviously very fucking full of himself Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i say don't give him any more attention
1: personally but i like to know that Shannon had lupus and was going through all of this and like she's she's basically living with this horrible disease and That's not what takes her. Yeah. It's this person that she trusted, loved, mothered children for. It's disturbing. I agree. (sighs) Well, with that...
0: I will go into my true crime story. Uh, My story took place in 1999 in Woolsey, South Dakota, which is like this super small town, lots of like farmland, dirt roads. And it is Sharon and Bill Guthrie. Reverend Bill Guthrie was the pastor at the United Presbyterian Church. He and his wife Sharon lived right next door to the church. And he was said to be like a very strong minister. Everyone said he knew the Bible like front to back very well. And Sharon also helped out with church duties as well. She did like all of the children's stuff and was just a really nice woman. So just after dawn on May 14th, 1999, Bill called 911. He had discovered his wife unconscious in the bathtub. Paramedics had arrived and performed CPR, restarted her heart, but she never regained consciousness despite the best medical care that she could have. There was no signs of brain activity and so the family decided that they had to let her go oh. and the next day she was pronounced dead. So when Bill was questioned, he said his wife was fine when he left to go to church that morning for his daily prayers. She was drawing her bath water as he was leaving, and he was gone maybe 10 minutes came back and found her face down in the overflowing bathtub. He said he tried to pull her body out of the tub, but couldn't. All he could do was empty the tub, turn her over, and call 911. So the autopsy showed no signs of trauma or illness. The doctors at the emergency room were able to take blood samples. So they had samples from her while she was alive still because apparently toxicology is a lot easier when someone's alive versus when they're already deceased. Samples revealed three medications in her system. Two she had been prescribed, but the third drug she was not prescribed, Tamazepam, and a very high concentration of it. It's a drug that's not commonly associated with lethal overdoses. So they were like,
1: hmm. Well, I just think like sometimes when I go to sleep, I'll take a lorazepam, so just a muscle relaxer. Is that the same Kind of of the same thing. It's that it it is a
0: sedative, and the levels in Sharon that she had – could definitely render her unconscious. So I think it's more of a sedative okay. than like lorazepam or something Sounds like that. Sounds delicious. <laughs> right to get you to sleep but uh, not in a big amount. Not overdosing. Right. Later. Yeah. So the death was listed as a drowning with the temazepam overdose as a contributing factor. The manner of the death undetermined. Detective Jerry Lindbergh was assigned to the case. Unfortunately the scene of the crime had not been preserved, so he had no crime scene to investigate. Like apparently neighbors had come over to clean the house and like bring dinner over, like trying to help uh-huh. out. But there was no- this was the
1: pastor. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah, and she was the pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. The tamazepam was found to have been prescribed to Bill. Bill said that she had probably accidentally ingested the pills while sleepwalking, but none of their three daughters recalled her ever sleepwalking. And a few weeks before Sharon's death, Bill had refilled his prescription at one pharmacy for the tamazepam and then went to a second and said he had lost the first prescription and then got a second one. So this was kind of another inconsistency. Uh, right, like I Bill. Just, yeah. What are you thinking Now I'm scared,
1: though, because I sleepwalk. So is this giving Maddie a good excuse to (laughs) be able to kill me?
0: No. Another inconsistency was Bill's clothing on the morning of her death. Bill said that he had tried to lift her out of the bathtub, but witnesses said that his clothing was completely dry when paramedics arrived. So if you're trying to get somebody Mm -hmm. out of an overflowing bathtub, Mm -hmm. your clothes are going to be soaking wet. Yes. They're not going to be dry. They then also found out that Bill had a mistress, a (sighs) leading member of his former church in Nebraska. And the affair continued, though, even after Bill and Sharon had moved to South Dakota. Bill kept going back to Nebraska, saying he had impotency issues and needed medical counseling for it there. And the church even paid for these trips for him to go there. Of course. Of course, yes. But his mistress was tired of it all because all she said all they did was have sex in the hotel room. They couldn't go anywhere because they couldn't be seen in public. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, you never take me out of this hotel room. And I'm tired of I'm it. I'm tired. I, I need... want you to bring me to the diner. And and to the movies. She wanted something more. So in January, she broke up with him, and she said there was no evidence of him being impotent. She said he performed just fine. Mm. Bill was now a suspect. Mm -hmm. To me, Bill would have been a suspect before this. Right away. From the
1: toxicology report, right away. Yeah.
0: So police asked the oldest daughter, Suzanne, to confront her dad about it with a hidden microphone. He denied everything, though. He denied having the affair, he denied getting the medication, like, wouldn't admit to anything. So they decided to compensate his computer to look into his hard drive. There was numerous searches about sleeping pills just a month before Sharon died, and someone had also downloaded many articles about temazepam. It's one of the only sleeping pills that comes in capsules, so they're easy to take apart and put it into something. Mm. There was also searches for bathtub accidents. He had asked his doctor for the prescription of temazepam <laughs> yeah, come just on. a month. I know. Like he couldn't have had more like signs pointing to him.
1: Exactly. There is yeah. a big red arrow flashing over right his at head Bill. constantly. Yeah. Yeah. I did it. Like did he's it. in the game The Sims. Yeah. There's this little green diamond over him, just like, hello. I did it. Did you have a murder before where the person had said they were sleepwalking? I feel like you did.
0: I don't know. We've done so many at this point. Sometimes it's hard.
1: I feel like you did, and they like ruled out like sleepwalking. Like the percentage of saying somebody did something when they were sleepwalking is like one percent like, of the this time. This isn't Step Brothers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do we just become best friends? I think we did. <laughs>
0: So he had just asked his doctor for the prescription of temazepam a month before Sharon died as well. Mm-hmm. Bill Guthrie was arrested and charged with murder. They speculated that he wanted out of his marriage but didn't want to jeopardize his position as a pastor. So he just looked for ways to make her death look like an accident. And in, in my opinion, he did a shitty fucking job. Did it say
1: what ta- I I'm, I always confuse what the names are as a pastor of a Catholic or a Lutheran? Uh, Presbyterian. But they can divorce yeah i mean i think so but i feel like you're only like shunned or slap on the hand if you're catholic no,
0: that's not true. Any, it, There's a lot of religions that really do frown upon divorce. Well, not Lutherans. Well, I think Presbyterian is a little bit stricter as okay. well, too. I don't know enough about it. But this was also 1999, so I think things were a little bit more old school then, too. Mm-hmm. You know. So Sharon liked to drink chocolate milk every day, so they believed he put the temazepam in her chocolate milk, that he waited for her to go unconscious, and then put her in the tub and turned it on for her to drown. So then... After they're going to trial, the defense introduces a suicide note from Sharon Guthrie. Oh. So maybe we're wrong. I don't think so. <laughs> At his murder trial, Bill revealed that he had found a suicide note several weeks after her death, and for some strange reason, it was hidden in a book in the church office.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> look, you should see the look on her
1: face It right was in now. his personal <laughs> safe. <laughs> I mean.
0: <laughs> the note was
1: typed on a computer, but typed. unsigned. Mm-hmm. Typed Dated and not May- signed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dated May 13th,
0: 1999, the day before she died, and addressed to her daughter who had an upcoming wedding. They checked the computer, though, to see if that note had been typed on that computer, and it wasn't. So the note was checked for fingerprints. Numerous were found. Bill and his attorney, who he said he'd given the note to right away, but Sharon had no known fingerprints. Police discovered Bill owned a second computer, though. Wait
1: a minute. No known fingerprints that they had taken?
0: So they didn't take Sharon's fingerprints at autopsy, and she had no known on file. But you
1: still could take fingerprints, couldn't you? She was buried already okay. at this point. Okay. Remember,
0: because this was when the trial was going on already. Uh-huh.
1: Miraculously,
0: this suicide
1: note it was found. appears. Yeah. Yeah. And it's right here the whole time.
0: It's right here the whole time. So police discovered Bill owned a second computer that he'd given to his daughter and son-in-law shortly before his trial. Uh Uh-huh. The daughter and son-in-law turned it over to the police. On it, they discovered a file titled Sharon. The main text was missing, but it had the same closing line as a suicide note. And the same date. Both documents had the same typographical errors on the date as well. The file had been created on, on August 3rd, months after Sharon died, and it was constructed in between working on sermons on the computer. So, the way the guy described it, the forensic g- computer guy, he just said he could tell the way it was interspliced on the timeline where he was working on the sermons, working on the suicide note, working on the sermons, working on the suicide note. Like he was kind of oh doing it at my the same God. time. And it was just kind of like a last-ditch effort to get away with Mm -hmm. killing his wife, basically. The jury found Bill Guthrie guilty of first-degree murder, and he was sentenced to life in prison. After the trial, Sharon was exhumed to be reburied in Nebraska, and at that point in time, her fingerprints were finally obtained as well. Okay. They were compared to those on the suicide note. They did not match. Exactly. So no one knows to this date whose other prints those are on the suicide note. Hmm. Who That's knows? interesting. Yeah. So there was Bill Guthrie, his attorney, and then someone else's that they still don't know. And it uh, even that said afterwards is
1: very weird. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That part of this is still weird for me as well. Or it could too. have been somebody
1: at the law office, right? I guess, maybe. But I don't know. You'd think if it was a
0: police document, they would be careful who handled it, you know? Yeah. Anyways, it was really sad because they had three daughters, and the one daughter still thinks he's innocent and, like, maintains contact, but the other two daughters are like, no, he's guilty. And so, like, they don't even talk to each Reminds other Reminds me of the staircase. Yeah. With mm-hmm. Michael Peterson. And this, again, reminded me of Shannon and Chris Watts because if you want to get divorced, you
1: just get divorced. Yeah. If you
0: found another woman... Just fucking get divorced. Like there's nobody for lose life
1: over over your selfishness at that moment or whatever the hell it is. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You found someone else, you want to move on. Just get divorced. And you know what? If you're worried your congregation is gonna look at you differently, move. Somewhere else. Well, and
0: how differently are they going to look at you when you're arrested for murder? Yeah,
1: exactly. You'd
0: rather have that than just getting divorced? Exactly. Like, get
1: the fuck out of here. No, I completely agree.
0: No, they're going to look at you way worse if you're arrested for murder than if you just divorced your
1: wife. Mm -hmm. I just don't get it. I'll never get it. I'll never understand it. That I don't don't get either, especially when you're taking someone's life because – you want a different life. Let them have an opportunity to have a different life too. Yeah, I agree 100%. Wow. Whew. Man, like
0: so there's some of these mine. just make me so angry. I know. Poor Sharon. She didn't do anything. And she seemed like a really nice woman too, which made me sad.
1: Okay, so mine takes place in Wolsey, South Dakota in July of 1996. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you should have seen my face. I couldn't even wait one more (laughs) second. I had to look it up to make sure I said that.
0: (laughs) You're like, what? You should see my face. I put down my champagne. You know that meme of the owl that's like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I felt. I just turned and looked at you like, like, (sighs) are you fucking kidding me? Yes, I am. I'm done with you. Thank
1: you. I have to get a little humor back into this, right? Because my story is horrifying to me, and I don't generally cover these types of murders. Right. That's usually me. Because these are kinds of ones that make me not sleep at night, and then I overthink everything, but I'll go into it. So same year, though, 1996 in Arlington, Texas, Amber Hagerman is a nine-year-old girl, and she has a brother named, uh, you know what, on this it says Ace, but then I saw other accounts where his name is Ricky, so I'm not 100%. Maybe Ace was a nickname. Perhaps because the dad's name is Richard. But so I'm just going to call him Ace. If I'm wrong on that, I apologize. So Amber's younger brother was five years old. Amber was known to be a very sassy sister. She was full of energy. She loved riding her bicycle everywhere. And one day in January of 1996, after school, Amber and her brother got off of their school bus. They wanted to go outside and play. It was a bit of a mild winter day. The sun was shining and they wanted to ride their bikes. So they asked their mother, Donna, if it was okay for them to go outside and ride their bikes. And Donna was like, absolutely. Just make sure that you stay close to home. Like kids. Kids do, a little ways away from their house, there was an abandoned grocery store. So they decided they wanted to ride their bikes up to this local abandoned grocery store and ride around in the parking lot. But this was a place where a lot of kids would go. So there's usually... So it's not like
0: it was abandoned or something. The,
1: the grocery store was abandoned, but a lot of kids like to ride around there. So... The parking lot. Right. There was kids there. Mm -hmm. It wasn't close to their house, but it was close to their grandparents' house. So while they're there, Ace started to get a little nervous, and he was super scared that they were going to get in trouble for not listening to their mom because they didn't stay close to home. So Ace said to Amber that he was going to go home, and Amber said she wanted to stay behind and ride her bicycle a little bit longer. Ace goes home. Tells his mom that Amber wanted to stay at the parking lot. And so Donna, Amber's mom, calls the grandparents and says, hey, can you go over maybe to look at the parking lot or surrounding areas to see if you can get Amber to come home?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Within that hour, Amber went missing. Ugh. No. There was a man who lived by this abandoned grocery store. His name is Jimmy Kevell. He was 78 years old and he was in his backyard gardening and while he was out there gardening he heard this high-pitched scream. He ran towards where the screaming was and that's when he saw a dark-colored truck with a little girl being pulled off of her bicycle. She was kicking, screaming, and this strange man pulled her into the cab of his truck and zoomed away.
0: Why didn't he call 911?
1: Jimmy felt at a loss that he couldn't do anything because he had he couldn't run over there because he's an older man, but he called nine one one instantly, like literally as fast as he could. So fast that the police got to the scene before Amber's grandparents even got there. Okay, so he he acted super fast. Okay, good. So like I said, Ace had got home, told his mom to. That Amber wanted to stay there. So Donna called her parents and said to go look for Amber. So when the grandpa even got to this lot, it was already full of squad cars. Oh, no. The police were not able to find anything in relation to to her. Nothing. This is my worst nightmare. mm -hmm. I know when you think at like nine years old, they're like old enough to like be okay. Like I think of my nephew who's just about to turn nine and I'm like, I'd let him ride his bicycle and feel yeah,
0: my my daughters like to go play with the other kids in the neighborhood, but every time I, I'm telling you, every single time they leave, I'm like, "Remember what I say." And my kids are like, "Don't talk to strangers." Yeah, but they're like, so in this tired case, of hearing me say like, it. It's so
1: scary because like she was on her bicycle, and he I pulled know.
0: her off of her bike. Well, and I tell my kids the same thing: if someone tries to approach you, what do you do? Run to the nearest house. Yeah. Like you don't, I said, any question a stranger has to ask you as an adult,
1: they don't need the answer from you. Yeah. They're just trying to get close yeah. to you. No, that's good that you talk to your children about this. I think this is yeah. such an important lesson. An adult doesn't need you to answer in a question for them. Dude, period. I'm telling you, I am so neurotic as a, as a parent. As soon as my son is in his car seat in my car, I locked the car door and closed it like to go into my driver's seat like I don't let him out of my sight for a second in the grocery store like I don't put the cart over Mm -hmm. here and then go to the other side to like look at chicken legs or something like he is literally the thought of him getting kidnapped frightens me all day every day that's oh, something's going to happen. even when my
0: kids go outside, like I always cuz there's people that will go down we live in the country, right, on a side road, but like people will fly down our road. So, I'll even watch them to make sure they cross the street.
1: Yeah, well, you know. I don't I don't think you don't have a good reason to to do that right. or feel that way. <sighs> Jimmy the neighbor was able to give a bit of a description, not a lot, but he was able to say that the man or the abductor was about medium build and he was either white or Hispanic, and that was all that he could really see it happen so fast. God, he probably felt so terrible too. Uh, Can you – I don't even want to talk about that scene, Mm -mm. something like that happened. They had no idea where the truck had gone and no clue really to even where to start. Police were soon notified that the description of the truck matched the description of a truck that had been sitting outside of a laundromat earlier that day, but no one had a clue who was driving the truck. So they put out a reward to help find Amber. There was a lot of Mexican immigrants in the area. And there's a theory out there that people were saying that not a lot of people came forward to help because a lot of them were immigrants and they were scared of being deported. Right. Because they weren't legal. (sighs) Yeah, That's sad. When the reward was released to the public, they even said if anyone could provide any information, they wouldn't get deported. Yeah. Which I don't know. Like if you're in fear of that, would you even come forward? I don't know.
0: No, but after they said that, I would
1: if you don't I don't think- know, I would still be scared, like, okay, they already know. I don't know. You would hope they would do the right like the the kind thing, right? Yeah, Amber's family and the police were scouring the streets everywhere trying to find her. They put up missing signs. Um, and then Amber's father, Richard, had contacted a local girl's family whose daughter had gone missing three years earlier. He wanted help getting out more information about his daughter and felt like they had done a great job with that. Their daughter's name was Polly Class. I think at a, in a future episode, I'll probably touch base on her. So four days later, a man was walking his dog, and he came across a body in a creek. No. This no. was about four to five miles from where Amber had been abducted. The body was naked, and there was a, such a deep gash in her throat, it was almost like she had. they were trying to decapitate her. No. They were able to identify that this was Amber because of her fingerprints, her school ID. She had to have fingerprints for that, and that's how they were able to verify that. During the autopsy, it showed that she had been beaten and raped. No. It also showed that she hadn't been killed right away, and she had been killed about two days after she she had been abducted. The authorities were not certain that she had actually been dumped in that area of the creek, but perhaps that maybe she had been washed into that particular spot by a thunderstorm because no one at this apartment complex next to the creek had heard or seen anything. Okay. So they get all of these tips constantly, kept coming in, thought someone who lived in the area had done it, somebody who knew the area well, somebody who lived there that was able to house her for a little bit and then basically dump her body, not somebody who was just passing through. Although the tips had streamed in, there was never any real strong leads. And unfortunately, this case has never been solved. Oh, no. There is a silver lining. This is terrible. Horrible. The silver lining is this is how the Amber Alert started. That's good. So there's a few things here and I'll go more into the Amber Alert. Today, missing children's cases are handled completely differently because of this particular case. Wow. Amber and Polly's parents, so Polly was the other girl who had gone missing, worked to get the People Against Sex Offenders petition out, which led to the Sex Offenders Registry. So that was one thing that was That's created. huge. Had never been created before 1996. So now you can look up your neighborhood to see if there's any registered sex, sex offenders, offenders in the area, yeah. which we have discussed so much. You all know how we feel about sex offenders. Yes. From this case, because of Amber's disappearance, there's two different reports on how the Amber Alert actually started. One suggested reason how this got started was a woman named Diane Simon had called into a radio station and thought that if radio stations can broadcast the weather, why can't they do the same thing for missing and abducted children? Yes. There's also reports that it wasn't Diane Simon, that it was, in fact... Richard, Amber's father, and Polly's father, who had thought this up and did this at like a press conference where they released something like this needs to be done. So I don't know that 100% I could not find a 100% this is how it is. Wikipedia has one thing, which is, you know, kind of like a Bible for a lot of this stuff. But then any other, so they were the ones who said it was Richard. But every other news source that I could find said it was this Diane Simon woman. So I don't know. Either way, it's in effect, right? So that same year, the Amber Alert was put into effect, and this was done in Amber's honor. The thing about the Amber Alert, one, it's Amber's name, but also, which I did not know, it stands for America's Missing Broadcasts Emergency Response.
0: Wow. This has a
1: double meaning. If you don't know what Amber Alert is, basically, it's a message that lets you know a child has been missing. It will describe the car, license plate, make, model, all that stuff. Sometimes you'll get a text message, an email. My phone will go yes like a siren it and scares the crap out of you I've had it done yeah. when I was working before and I had like my phone hidden in the drawer and then all of a sudden it goes off and you're like oh my yeah. god because it's loud yes in Wisconsin we do have it on our boards over the freeways I can't think what those yeah. are called like the LED boards Mm -hmm. that have the the writing on it. But I did see there, there are certain things that they have to okay before they just release it. I will go into that just kind of briefly. So in order to activate the Amber Alert, law enforcement must confirm that an abduction has taken place. They must say that the child is at risk of serious injury or death. There must be enough of a description of the child, the captor, or the captor's vehicle, and the child has to be under the age of 17. So that's when you had talked about the clear so, alert mm-hmm. and how that's important too because just because it's not a uh, silver alert like an elderly person mm-hmm. or the amber alert it's good that we have ones for kids or, you know not kids um 18 yeah to like what 65 right I think it is so in the u.s it's just for kids under the age of 18 uh, they also created this mural for amber of her face, a flower and a butterfly. still to this day, they're trying to find out if anybody has so anything sad about it to me. They thought maybe if somebody recognized her face, they could come forward with it. But I mean, can't you just do like an anonymous phone
0: call? Well, and how many years ago was this now? ninety six. Like, so twenty four years ago. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. So if anyone does know anything, there's Detective Ben Lopez. His phone number is 817-459-5373. There's also a $10,000 reward for any information. There's also some people who theorize maybe it was the neighbor Jimmy who called even 911. That was the person who took her. I don't like yeah, this but theory. He was so old. He was not only with that, but like everything happened so quickly, and the fact that the cops were there and he called them so quickly. Mm-hmm. Why would he call them that quickly? Like
0: I don't, I don't think that theory makes sense. I don't either. like that
1: theory. Yeah, um, I just think it was too t- quick of a time for it to happen. But he was the only person to see the truck. Was the truck actually a cover up? I don't know. And obviously everybody thinks it was somebody who lived in the area but it could have been somebody just passing through who stayed at a local motel hotel Mm -hmm. whatever drove past and saw a child alone yep yeah and you know the the laundromat thing could be you know they did see the truck in front of it but who knows what they could have been passing through. That's why they were at the laundromat and I hate the fact that this is an unsolved case. I do too. My my heart goes out to the parents, the family, the brother. Yeah. The
0: brother still to this day probably blames himself for I can't leaving. Even imagine. Yeah. The parents have no it's hard to put that behind you with no questions answered, no resolve, no nothing. Not that it's ever easy even when you do know, but at I think least you it'll, get like
1: a sense of closure or yes.
0: I think it gives you a little bit of sense of closure, Mm -hmm. just knowing what happens so you can close a chapter on it versus always wondering what, you know? Yeah. And
1: I just, I can't believe after all this time, they didn't find like semen- Well, because your
0: mind can really wander, Fingerprints. With, like, what happened, what ifs, what that, what, that would be the worst for me.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I I didn't find anything that said that they had found any seminal fluid on her, but if she was raped, you would imagine that there would have been something. Like, 96 was mm, close enough to where they would have done... Oh you know, DNA kid. testing and stuff. Yeah. So I wonder that. I, I couldn't find anything on it. Yeah, you'd think there'd be some type of forensics S- on her under body. Her fingernails. Something. Yeah. I I'm sure yeah. they've covered all of this stuff. That's a that's a tough one for me. I don't like children cases. I think I it's don't a, a special horrible evil type of human who's capable of these things like we said
0: earlier it's just one of those instances where you really know evil truly does exist
1: but i wanted to cover this one because it was the amber alert i think it's interesting to know where it comes from and it's almost like when you unfortunately if you get an amber alert it's not a good thing But it's almost an homage to her, like a way of helping other children. And I feel like in Wisconsin, most of the time when we get an Amber Alert, they are found. They're found pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So It's working. It's working. I did read the statistics. It's not very high of when it works because a lot of times they don't give an Amber Alert if they don't have enough information. Yeah. So I don't know. But at least I think it's a good thing to be out there and any way we can help each other. Is a good, good thing. Yeah, especially when it comes to our kids. Like,
0: we got to protect them <sighs> mm-hmm. for sure. Woo, woo. Woo. <sighs> yeah, that's a tough one.
1: Well, I'm going to change the subject per usual. Is- our next episode on. Okay, and that's what I'm going to bring you to. So I don't even
0: know she's surprising me with mm -hmm. this, y'all.
1: Well, our friend listener, Merrick, sent in this email, and I thought it would be awesome. So he says, hey, ladies, really, really great episode this morning. Really excited to hear what you have for Mixed Bag of Nuts next week. I listen to a lot of podcasts. You're my favorite. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) One of the podcasts I listen to is You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes. Do you ever listen to No, but I love the name of that. So I know he's a comedian. I have serious XM, so I listen to like Comedy Central Radio all the time. He's on there all the time. He has such a funny, even his voice is funny to me.
0: I'll have to check it out because I love a good comedy. I'm going to have
1: to check out his podcast also. He says, and he always asks his guests about a time they remember where they laughed the hardest they have ever laughed. Really think this would be a cool episode topic to get a lot of awesome stories thanks again ladies so i think this is going to be a fun topic so basically if you have a time in your life where you have laughed harder than you've ever laughed before (laughs) i know i have some stories to share shit we've even had some on this podcast we were talking about mothman mailman I was crying laughing was about too. that picture. You know what? Too have you seen all these other Dick Tingle books? Books Chuck Tingle, Chuck Chuck Tingle. I'm sorry, Dick you Tingle. Get it right my over my head's there. in the gutter. <laughs> yes, I have. But he has so many. Where I'm like,
0: yeah. remember the one night I was sending you pictures of the titles. Yes, the one like dinosaur one where gay the dinosaur T-Rex was- <laughs> law
1: firm executive yeah, that one. boner. <laughs> Like, no, the one you sent me was, oh, there's a shit ton of dinosaur ones Mm -hmm. not pounded in the butt by anything, and that's okay. Like these are the titles of these books. Chuck and Tingle is a renowned author. Dude, this guy is crushing it. I mean, mm-hmm. I've I've been scrolling this entire time I'm talking, and I haven't had a repeat cover. Chuck
0: Tingle is the king of monster erotica. Apparently, Here, here's the
1: one you sent me. Nice guy dinosaur doesn't pound me in the butt because I'm not interested, and he's not actually <laughs> nice. He's just annoying and creepy and doesn't respect my boundaries when I tell him we're not on a date. That's the title of this That's book. The
0: title. I couldn't believe you all guys. Of these, if you're interested in these books, they're available available on Amazon and none of them are over like 50-60 pages.
1: I can't even get past 10 pages of my I'm Yeti. I'm almost
0: done with mine I can't wait.
1: I hate you for making me <laughs> making me read this shit. All she right.
0: loves me for making her read it. Don't don't believe
1: her. Maybe. <laughs> so, I will end today's episode with a blonde joke. Why did the blonde climb the glass wall? She wanted to get over it to see what was on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> God I
0: can't believe I didn't get that
1: one. What? <laughs> oh on. I tried.
0: <laughs> God.